Before we get started with today's episode, I just have to say as a disclaimer that none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. If you really feel like you have a mental health disorder or are dealing with anything personally, please seek out professional help. And again, none of what I say in this podcast is actual advice. So thank you guys, and let's get started with today's episode. Actually, just one more thing before we get started is if you guys enjoy the Sum of Life podcast and this show and the content that is produced here, please head over to Apple Podcasts, either on your phone or laptop, and give this show, Sum of Life, a five-star rating and review. It helps the show tremendously and helps to reach more listeners. So thank you guys, and now we can get started. Hello and welcome to the Sum of Life podcast. I'm your host, Liam Scully. In today's episode, I had Dan Walsh on with me to talk about his recent fight that he just had. It was his first MMA fight. It was his MMA amateur debut. And I'm sorry if I sound a little congested in this podcast. I was pretty sick when we were recording this, and I'm still actually a little congested now. You could probably hear it in my voice. But overall, the podcast was great. We talked about the different aspects of the fight before, during, and after. Uh, especially mentally and physically and which is why I titled the episode mindset of a fighter it's really something to train for a fight for so long and then go into it and just the mindset that you have to have to do something like that is pretty spectacular in my opinion and I'm also linking Dan's email below with his Instagram as well and also the full fight the full fight can be found on YouTube but I'll put all those links in the description below So with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and please go support Dan too. He's an awesome guy, and this fight was crazy to watch too. I watched it obviously on YouTube, and I really hope to see his next fight in person. It'd be really awesome to watch that. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you guys next time. All right, so I got Dan Walsh back with me again for the second time on the podcast today. What's going on? Really wanted to talk about uh, mindset of a fighter. Dan is an EMT too, but uh, you know now we're going to be talking about what else he does <laughs> with yeah. his time. And uh, man, and many on... talents. Not good at either of them, but I do both. <laughs> <of them>. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be focusing on uh, mixed martial arts today and Dan's journey with uh, MMA leading up to his first fight, which just happened in July, right? Yeah, July tenth. Yep, and now it is September 21st that we're recording this on, so it's been quite a bit, but I want to talk about, you know, the whole, uh, Dan's been doing this for a while now, or, you know, quite a bit of a long time, the whole journey, why he got into fighting, and how he mentally prepared himself to get into a ring with another man in front of, you know, a couple (laughs) thousand people, so let's start at the very beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm falling into the sport. It was actually through podcasts, which is kind of funny that we're here now. Um, but yeah, I was watching podcasts, listening to podcasts and stuff. And they bring up like Conor McGregor, the UFC. That was when he, he was doing his whole thing. I was starting out. Um, this was like 2016. I was 16 years old at the time. Yeah, it was sophomore year. I got cut from the soccer team, was kind of looking for another sport to fill it in. Uh, fill up my time, was playing a lot of video games and didn't uh didn't like how that was how i was i don't know just live my life playing video <laughs> games so i was looking for something to fill the time 
and uh, figured I'd give jujitsu a shot. Did that and uh, loved it. Uh, that was at Boston Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Newton, um, Newton, Massachusetts. And uh, while I was there, they're like, hey, you're still in high school, right? I'm like, yep. And they told me I should probably wrestle because, like, with the way wrestling works in the United States, the best way to get wrestling is at the high school and college level. Um, so I did wrestling, and then I hopped back to jiu-jitsu. And then it was uh, just before the start of my junior year where I went to Lausanne MMA, um, which is where I primarily train out of right now. And, uh, yeah, was there doing some kickboxing, doing some wrestling, getting um, wrestling rounds with some of the fighters there. Randy Costa uh, was one of the main guys I worked with, doing stair workouts with him. And then uh, went back into my wrestling season from going into my junior year. And uh, that went pretty well, except I had a season-ending injury. So that kind of sidelined me for a bit. And uh, going into my senior year, I only had um, – one year of wrestling guarantee because I didn't know if I was going to wrestle at college at the time, which I ended up not doing. But I was like, if I have this one year, I'm going to try to utilize it to the best of my ability. And pretty much just did wrestling straight on, um, was like lifting and wrestling, but wasn't doing jujitsu, wasn't really doing kickboxing. And then at the uh, end of my senior year, had a couple of wrestling offers, but didn't really want to go down that route. I had some nagging injuries that were continuously bothering me so i uh decided to go the mma route jujitsu route i like the flexibility it gave me where i didn't have to travel every single weekend for matches or meets um and if i had a lot of homework i could skip a practice um and still pursue my academic goals so i went to stonehold college which was right across the street from the old gym uh lows on mma um, that's actually where i met liam before i even went to stonehill and then uh, at Stonehill, he was the captain of the rugby team, which my roommate and neighbor, um, neighbor from growing up, um, was on. So that's how I know Liam. Yeah, met him. Funny. Yeah, all because I went on this crazy journey to go fight in a cage in my underwear. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that's what got me my freshman year of college. I was still training. Uh, I was doing like grappling tournaments at this point. Still pretty much training every day, multiple times a day in between my schoolwork and classes and that kind of thing. And then uh, kept training. Once COVID hit, I decided to take the year off. As if you listen to the last podcast, me and Liam did. Was taking class part time uh, through community college uh, the past year, and then was also working as an EMT in addition to training. So that's what I did last year, and now I'm in my nursing program. But before that happened, finally got my first MMA fight, and that was in July. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of a brief overview of how I got here and what I did to get here. But it all started from listening to podcasts, realizing that playing video games all day, every day wasn't the best for my mental health or whatever. So uh, I decided to start working out. And I, I'm the kind of guy who doesn't do things halfway. If I'm going to do something, we get a little obsessive about it. That so, was going to be my first question. I was going to ask you, yeah. right, right when you did MMA, were you all in like right away? Where oh, did it take 100%. a bit? I mean, I was a six, like 125 pound, 16 year old kid, not particularly athletic or uh, whatever. Like I played soccer forever growing up, but in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, it'd be cool to fight one day. And I was like, well, if I want to do that, I should probably train multiple times a day, every day. And so, um, yeah, that's how we kind of started. Um, it was very obsessive. It was in the back of my mind, but it was definitely a, definitely a driving factor. So when these like when things come up for you and you get obsessive about them, do they usually last? Because this has been like five years now, right? For MMA. 
I would say they last, um, but like again, circumstances change. Um, like at Stonehill, I think there's a perfect example. I was pre PA student. I was doing really well academically. I was studying a lot, but circumstances changed. What I wanted out of a career changed. Um, so that's why I switched my academic goals. But um, and I had a couple other careers I was looking at before. But um, yeah, circumstances change. Um, so yeah, sometimes they do change, but. Um, it's always in consideration of what what's available, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, and going into MMA, especially jiu-jitsu, do you think wrestling helped you at all? 100%. Um, it actually kind of compl- complicated my wrestling just because in wrestling I would go to my back just because in jiu-jitsu I'd be a primarily guard player. In wrestling, that's not, uh, <laughs> not the winning strategy. Um, <laughs> no. So it kind of complemented that. Um, but it's been helpful in a ton of ways. Obviously, the strength and conditioning. There's obviously moves that carry over pretty effectively. Um, a lot of my wrestling that I did in high school is the wrestling I used for MMA. And that was because when I was wrestling at the time, I knew I wanted to make the transition to MMA at some point. So I kind of catered my game that way. Um, but even everything from like cutting weight to competition anxiety and all that, um, wrestling was tremendously helpful um, in my transition. So. Yeah, I was, I was also going to ask, too, uh, when you first joined, you know, doing and started doing MMA, most people think of any type of fighting as something that would be scary. Did that ever cross your mind? Oh, 100%. Uh, especially because I'm basically, we were talking before, but for a fight, I'm in my underwear, I'm wearing a cup, and I'm wearing, like, dead cows on my hands. <laughs> so it's uh it's pretty scary you're in a cage um like this is everybody's worst case scenario hypothetical situation would you walk someone yourself in a cage with someone who's a trained fighter um yeah, it's definitely scary yeah yeah everybody's like dude millions of dollars i did it for a couple a couple hundred bucks and a laugh um essentially <laughs> but uh no it, it's scary but i think it for me it's just like a way to measure my progress it's a something that i try to get better at again i get pretty obsessive with things so if i'm going to do it i'd rather do it i'd rather compete i want to see how good i am and see how good i can be how good i can be what so, was what was like the first point where you realized that you had made some significant progress in your in your i guess journey as an mma fighter like from the start to what how long do you think it was and what was what what made you realize that no, this sport's unique and there's so many ways to get better. There's so many sports integrated into this one sport. So there have been multiple clicks like all throughout my journey. Um, wrestling, it was, I mean, I, not that I was a crazy good wrestler, but I was picking up wrestling pretty well, uh, making pretty good progress throughout. Um, I finished the year, or I finished my career as a sectional finalist in my only first off season because I only did wrestle that uh, sophomore junior year and I had my season in it injury in my junior year that didn't allow me to wrestle that postseason um so to do that was cool to get elected senior captain um for the wrestling team was cool um for jiu-jitsu was just competing doing pretty well in competitions um having concepts click on like a day-to-day basis and then uh striking was this last like year year and a half or so um, pretty much during the pandemic i started working with uh a new boxing coach at Lozon's Andy Aiello, which I'm sure you remember Andy. Um, mm-hmm. But he's uh, he's taking my striking game to a to a whole new level. So like, yeah, to answer your questions, there's always been like little things I'm chasing and uh, like 
pretty measurable ways that progress is being made so yeah and yeah. also with like mma um you know one of the big big things with uh mental health and how to get over anxiety is constantly exposing to yourself to things you're afraid about uh would you say the same advice for someone that you know is afraid to even walk into an mma gym uh, just because it's so intimidating seeing all these uh, fighters and everything. And I'm sure by now you feel very comfortable and it kind of feels like a second home walking into, you know, Lozon's gym or something. Um, yeah, no, 1000%. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It, feel, it does feel like a second home. But um, people from the gym are pretty open about like the mental health side of things. Like it dra drastically improves your mental health. Um, again, like you were saying, it's, you're seeing your progress every day. You're getting better at things every day, things that you couldn't do before you're doing now. And I think that gives a lot of people confidence. Yeah. I think it's ultimately pretty beneficial to, uh, mental health. I, I know it's definitely helped me and I know it's definitely helped people around me. So definitely has helped me too. I gotta say like, especially yeah, when, no, I, yeah, you get into like those flow states of, of, uh, you know, either when it's rolling or something and especially when things are just you know, working out, it's, uh, no, it's really, it's really rewarding too to see yourself progress in ways in which you didn't think were possible. Uh, yeah. And that's mentally too. Yeah. Mentally too, but even physically, like you get in better shape, you're losing a couple pounds, you're gaining some muscle and that's obviously going to be a confidence boost, uh, mentally. So I think, um, obviously not a, a real, medical recommendation but i think um <laughs> I, I i would recommend it um if you're kind of going through a i would down, recommend it as well period yeah, <laughs> yeah but i'm not going to take any medical uh medical blame there that's just yeah. my meathead opinion so well let's talk about after your first year of doing mma yeah um it, it probably became more of a serious conversation with yourself of you know or i don't want to assume anything but that it was um, that you were probably leading up to sometime in the future that you were going to have a fight since you had been doing this for about a, or like a year, or did you just think, uh, you know, this is fun and I think I'm just going to keep training uh, just to get better, but not to lead it to anything really other than to progress myself with fighting. Yeah, no, I think after like the first year I started training. So like right around when I turned 17, it was still very much that, as you said at the end there, where, I liked it. I liked training. Again, was doing all the things it was that we just talked about mentally for me. It was giving me more confidence um, and all that kind of stuff. And at, in the back of my head, I still wanted to fight, but at that time, it wasn't realistic. Um, so that was the goal, but I liked training. I liked going to work out every day. Like uh, at that point, it was just, I still enjoyed, and I still do, but I still enjoyed um, the training at that point. So what was the... Uh... What was the period you think where it was like, all right, I really want to fight. And I think I'm almost ready to have a fight. I think those are two different timelines. Um, I think after high school, after wrestling was done, after I decided that I wasn't going to wrestle in college, like I wanted to feel like those competitive juices again. Um, so yeah, what's that? Graduated 2019. I didn't have my fight till this year, 2021. So that's just about just over a two year gap. Um, where I wanted to fight I was doing all the things necessary I was doing grappling tournaments which scratched the itch but didn't didn't really do it um yeah <laughs> so yeah no I think it was after high school I realized I definitely wanted to do it 
but I think it started getting more realistic, especially after this year, especially once I got my wrestling or sorry, my uh, striking to where my grappling is, where my kicks were, or sorry, my punches to where my kicks and uh, grappling were. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And yeah. The, I was going to ask this later on, but um, I don't know if you saw this guy who did a, uh, a free solo climb of uh, this, you know, cliff, I think in uh, somewhere out West in the United States called El Cap. Is that Alex Honnold? Yeah, Alex Honnold. Yeah, yeah. Him. Yep. yeah. Um, and I, I saw him say a bunch of times that he wouldn't feel fulfilled if he hadn't done it. Like it would always be in his head. Uh, oh, 1000%. Was would be the same thing be for you if you never had a fight? Would you always would the, like? Is that always your constant? Was that your constant achievement? Like that you were looking yeah. up to? And especially like the more time I trained, the more I was like, well, I've been training, I've been training, I've been training. Um, it was yeah, it was always like, especially probably three, four years in, where it was like, all right, if I don't get a fight, then I'll like something. It won't be whole, as you said. I won't be fulfilled. But yeah, I want to keep fighting. So there's there's that <laughs> hole, I guess, still there. But uh, no, it was definitely a cool, cool benchmark. And it, I, I said in one of my interviews after the fight that it was the end of all the work I put in, but also the start of something new. And I think that's probably the pretty the, the best way I can describe it. Yeah, um, was getting that first fight. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about then leading up to finding out about the fight. Uh, yeah. When, 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 when was it exactly that you knew that you were going to have a fight scheduled or that you knew who it was going to be? Uh, those are probably two different things, but yeah, let's talk about those things. And like, if there's any feelings that came up with that, like associated where like maybe before you felt like so ready. And then when it was became real, you were like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. Uh, funny you mention it. I, I think it was four or five weeks out. I believe closer to four weeks. Um, but I was at Harvard uh, running some stairs, and I got some text from Joe. I got a text from Joe. I believe the first text he sent me was, how much do you weigh? And I was like, no fucking way is this happening right now. <laughs> and so I texted him my weight. He's like, all right, we have this kid for this weight for this date. Um, are you in? And <laughs> I, so I was going to Harvard. Um, I was meeting some friends at Fenway Park after. They brought me like a change of clothes and shit. So my, but my phone was on, uh, I think, like 4% battery. And so he gave me the name. But I'm like, dude, I can't research this kid. My phone's about to die. I still have to use this GPS to get to Fenway. I was like, I, I think the exact words I sent him were, if you think it's a smart fight, I'm there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I knew he thought it was a smart fight because he texted it to me. If he didn't think it was a smart fight, I wouldn't even even known. Yeah. So like, then I was like on goosebumps the entire day. I was going to Fenway. I was like, I don't even remember who they were playing, what the score was, whatever, whatever. I was just thinking about the fight um, and thinking that it's like finally here. But uh, yeah, Wait, so, so I think when, that was, what, what date was that? Sorry. Uh, what was it? I think it was four weeks out um, the oh, Sunday four before. Four weeks before? Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, I train all the time anyway. So it was just ramping up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got it like four weeks out. Jeez. Yeah. But that's also <laughs> awesome that you have like. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny to laugh at now, I guess, but it's yeah. also awesome that you have uh like so much trust in your coach to, you know, your phone's dying and be like, well, yeah, if you think it's a good fight, then like, yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think as to what you were saying too, like to the fulfillment point, it's like, all right, well, I have it, so I'm not gonna give it up. 
Yeah, um, and when it's right there. So. Yeah, it didn't matter who it was, honestly. It could have been whoever. Yeah. So but, let's, let's talk about those four weeks then before the fight. So you said you had to ramp up training. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I'm very interested in how this was, like, affecting you emotionally, whether positive, negative, neutral. Uh, you know, what was changing during that time, if anything. I think that's, like, really interesting to me. It was uh it was positive for sure. I mean, I we've talked about it before, but I do a lot of things on a day to day basis. So uh, like I, I work a lot and training a lot. And it was uh, I finished school at the time, but um, was working a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I was like, all right, now we're focusing for the fight. We'll tamper things down a little bit. I worked a little bit less, just trying to get ready for the fight. Um, was working out a little bit harder, but focus like I, I do a pretty good job of getting to sleep on time, eating the right things. But now it's just like really focused on making sure the last four weeks are the best four weeks I could have. Um, so it was cool. It was, I was just like super focused, um, one track mindset essentially. If I was at work, I was thinking about the fight. If I was at oh yeah, I'm sure driving home, I was thinking about the fight um, and just making sure I could do everything I could do. So when the time the cage door closed, I was uh, ready to get in there and did the best that i could do at that time yeah definitely um and then like the the sparring sessions that you probably had right during that four weeks did you spar at all or i'm sure oh, yeah had, right <laughs> yeah <well>. oh yeah <laughs> yeah um pretty much one day a week and then sorry one day a week heavy and then the day before that um i would work with my wrestling coach we do small glove rounds just working because when we spar we typically we're using like the 16 ounce gloves i'm wearing headgear not everybody wears headgear but i wear headgear and in a fight, when you're wearing the small gloves that are basically like a, just like a normal winter glove, essentially, those are honestly probably bigger than the gloves we wear. <laughs> things change, right? Because there's a lot less, less uh, protection. There's a lot more room for things to slip in, especially since the gloves are smaller. Um, so just getting ready, like Friday nights were a tune-up session. I'm just trying to make sure all the little things are going pretty well. And then Saturday, we're going to war with all the guys at the gym. <laughs> Uh, so the um, week leading up then, uh, did you have any sparring that week? Yes. Yeah, so seven days out from the fight, like the Saturday before, I did light rounds just with the big gloves and light rounds with the uh, small gloves, I guess, eight days out. But And um, were you yeah. training that week still? Yeah, um, I was training. Um, Monday was my last hard day and then um, started tuning down, making sure I was getting my weight down. Had a weigh-in for Friday, so Thursday night I was cutting weight in the sauna. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, training intensity was way, way down. I went to every session that I would have, but I'm just not, obviously not going as hard. I just drilling super specific stuff that we want to work for for the fight. Uh, yeah, at, at that point, it, it was getting very real. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And that's kind of a tangent, too, because I think about this in terms of, like, the UFC. Uh, sure. When you make weight uh, – how much in weight do you think you go up before the actual fight? Oh, I know the exact number. But, uh, <laughs> really? You don't have to yeah, say yeah. it if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I probably put on like 10 pounds. But um, yeah, a lot of it's just getting um, water and getting some electrolytes and getting good food in. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing you would want to do is like go take out a Burger King the night before and then feel like you're going <laughs> to lose it on uh, Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, just getting some good, healthy foods and getting all that sodium back in that we cut out, getting all that water back in that we cut out. So, yeah, that was the process. But you feel like a million bucks because the night yeah. before weigh-ins, I didn't sleep. I 
blink because I'm just laying in bed <laughs> dehydrated, more dehydrated than you have ever been in your entire life, <laughs> sitting there hating my life, uh, but knowing I have to be a good boy for the next eight hours to step on that scale. And uh, yeah, then got rehydrated up, slept like a baby Friday night, and then uh, started getting ready for the fight. All right. So now we're at the night before the fight. Yeah. Um, Friday night. How hard was it to sleep or was it not? Not at all. Because again, really? yeah, I had all because all my, of uh, the, because the night before. Or? Yeah, no, I had all the food in. Um, yeah. I'm sure like I probably didn't sleep as good as I've ever had, but compared to the night before that comparatively, it was amazing. Um, but no, I slept pretty well. And I think that was looking with who I trained with working at how I train, what I do on a day-to-day basis, all the work I could have done to this point had been done. Worrying about anything else, I the way I see it is worrying about anything else wouldn't help me at all at that fight, so why worry? Like, everything we've already done has been done. Let's uh, just go in there. If I messed up three weeks ago, I messed up three weeks ago. I can't do anything about that now. Um, now it's just getting ready, tuning down, and uh, getting ready for the, the next night. Yeah, I mean, talk about the title of the episode, Mindset of a Fighter. That seems just <laughs> like the mindset of a fighter right there. Yeah, no, it's like you got to control what you can't control. And mm-hmm. I mean, I try to do that all along the way, but especially when it's day before a competition, week before a competition. If I messed up a couple weeks before, that might be a problem, but there's nothing we can do about it now. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And your, your fight was uh, uh, before nighttime, right? I believe it was at. Was that like four or five o'clock? Doors were supposed to open at uh, five. Fights were supposed to start at six. I think everything got pushed back a half an hour. Um, so I think when I fought, it was there was one more fight before mine. Um, but I think I fought around seven. But yeah, because um, I just remember seeing it was still light out after your fight, and I was like, "Wow, that's crazy that it's still like, yeah." Like he just had his night, and now it's like uh, it's still light out. It's crazy. Oh, that's perfect. So walking into the fight then. Um, yeah. Or we can go back room before we even get there. Yeah, yeah, back room, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I actually want to ask too, is this whole, is this whole thing uh, the day before and that, that day of the fight, is it pure tunnel vision or what do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. At this point, I mean, <laughs> so actually I applied for the job in the emergency room um, that I'm working right now, early June. Um, before I got word of the fight and uh, hadn't heard anything, hadn't heard anything, hadn't heard anything. Two weeks before my fight, they're like, hey, uh, can you start Tuesday? I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> something came up. I didn't tell them. I still haven't told them uh, what came up. They still don't know I fight. But uh, I was like, yeah, uh, something, something came up. So I can't work until at least July 10th. And uh, so I was going to the fight knowing that my first day of work was July 12th, that Tuesday. And I was like, if I walk into work with a black eye, this is going to be real bad. But that's a later Dan issue. We have to take this fight, yeah. all tunnel vision. If I get concussed, I'll take a couple sick days before I start, and uh, we'll work for it. But, yeah, it's all tunnel vision. And, again, anything I did before that I wasn't supposed to or anything that I didn't do that I should have done, um, you can't, can't think about that. And I did really good all camp about doing all I had to do. Um, so that wasn't even close to a worry but uh yeah at that point it's tunnel vision i have to go fight this dude in less than 24 hours in a cage in my boxer in front of my friends and family <laughs> and uh a thousand other couple thousand other strangers so there's uh there's no time to worry about text messages or yada yada like 
no i'm there for a fist fight yeah that's so so true that uh worrying about all that stuff would not serve you any purpose like it would not be useful at all uh, yeah and i was going to right that camp i was reading a lot of stoic reading which obviously is pretty yeah. influential sounds I think, very stoic. across yeah, yeah. pay so attention to shout out marcus aurelius yeah he's very very good um yeah and he talks about that a lot things outside of your control things within your control yeah there's no use in worrying about what you did three weeks ago if it was a mess up or anything uh, yeah because you're here now this is what you got to do oh we didn't even talk about this but a week before my fight july 3rd i got in a car accident where i told my car going 60 miles on the highway hydroplane in the corner of a car oh that's right yeah yeah so that was in the back of my or not in the back of my mind but that was a obviously a huge life event that happened within a week of the fight and that's the thing like i still didn't have my car at the time i was still going through insurance but i was like that's again a later dan issue later dan will figure that out yeah that's uh, crazy that that happened i forgot that that happened before the fight dude yeah it was a week before and the fact that i was and one not dead two not seriously injured and three not injured even to the point where i couldn't fight is crazy so at that point i was like well i basically could have died a week ago so anything past this point <laughs> free money <laughs> and uh yeah i mean so that, that was honestly kind of free i wouldn't recommend it uh, if you had an <laughs> mma fight coming up but was it a uh was it just you in the accident or was it a multiple car? yeah just hydroplane fucking or yeah hit the uh, corner of a guardrail and uh, yeah had to get driven to practice by a state trooper <laughs> wow jeez yeah yeah but I maintained my adrenaline like the same level all the way through that. We got back out. We went right back at it. Very high pace for the first round. And then, uh, yeah, it was really good back and forth. I think I probably got the better of him. I hadn't seen what the judges' scorecards were. But um, we had a really good pace, um, mixing it up pretty well. It stayed standing uh, for the entirety of the first round. But, um, yeah, good pace. Adrenaline stayed where we needed it to stay. And then, uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah that's uh that is something that yeah. uh, so tunnel vision uh, yeah <laughs> to your point <laughs> that is insane <laughs> i'm sure the guy you faced did not have a car serious car accident a week i before. think the game plan was to make the kid look like he was in the car crash not me <laughs> so but yeah and then yeah okay let's talk about the uh the back room then as you said yeah what was going on in there Dude, it was weird because everybody's like, dude, I get so nervous. Like, I want to cry before my fights. Like, I've seen people cry before their fights and stuff like that. People are saying, dude, I want to fucking or asteroid hit the uh, stadium so that way I do not have to fight this man in 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> but it was, for me, I felt calm. Like, obviously, I felt nervous. I felt the adrenaline rolling, but I was like, I feel calm. I've done everything I could do this camp. Um, I trained with good guys. Um, and again, everything went really really well this camp so yeah i was ready i was nervous that i wasn't nervous but, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah i just kept warming up drilling the things we wanted to work on and um just kept the blood flowing before my name got called to start walking out how much uh how much conversation was there between you and your coaches if there was uh, any or a lot or um let's see you know, like little technique things um they were correcting um just like things we want to work on um they were just repeating um to make sure i remember that um before the fight um people were asking like how do you feel which got annoying because i felt good and i think everybody thought i was nervous and but i wasn't and so i was like getting a little pissed off that way but uh no i felt really good 
and then uh, I, I was kind of cracking a couple jokes, but um, <laughs> well, that's good. No, it was cool. Not a not a not a ton of conversation, but enough to obviously get it done. So yeah. So you were in the you were in the back room for twenty or thirty minutes. Oh, let's see what time. I think I got there four thirty. The commission didn't get there till five, so we couldn't go to the back room until around five. Um, so I probably started warming up like forty minutes before the fight, um, which was perfect timing again. Um, but yeah, just like warming up, hitting hitting some pads a little bit, doing some wrestling, doing some some grappling, and um, kind of just getting ready, staying loose. Um, if you see me warm up for anything, grappling match, wrestling matches, fight, I'm like skipping around, like doing the, not really doing the Conor McGregor arm wag, but like <laughs> shaking my arms out. Yeah, um, yeah. I look like an idiot, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was probably the last 40 minutes before the fight. Yeah. So then we get to the walkout. And yeah. So who walks out with you then? Yeah. So it was my three coaches that were working with me pretty much all camp. Joe Lozon. Um, he's in the UFC, definitely going to be in the hall of fame. Um, really, really, really good dude. Um, he was obviously like my head coach, um, Andy Aiello, who I've been working boxing with for the past year and a half at this point, um, coach at Lausanne's and then, uh, Chad Lewis, he was one of my private wrestling coaches in high school and, uh, he's done jujitsu, he's done Muay Thai. So he's familiar with the game. He's cornered fighters before. So he was, uh, he was excited to get back into the, uh, fighting, fighting swing of things. But yeah, they walked out with me, uh, for my, uh, for my fight there. And then there were a bunch of guys like around front row, a couple front rows that were coaches, training partners and that whole time. So then, uh, for your corner, was it, uh, them three or were more yeah, people in those three? Corner? Okay. Yeah. Those cool. three. Yeah. And you were first to walk out, right? Or second? Uh, I was second. Um, oh, you were second. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was second. Did you get to pick that or was that just random? No, I honestly thought I was going to be first because I think I was blue corner and blue corner typically walks first, but I mm. guess they did it different. So, yeah, it's uh, crazy even talking about this because I'm getting nervous thinking about walking out. Like, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was cool. Um, but the uh so the other guy you were fighting this was also his first mma fight this is his mma amateur debut yeah his uh also his debut um he connecticut state wrestling champ um so like a tough kid solid kid he came from a fight camp where they're all just tough guys um so it, it was a real it was a real good first test <laughs> and uh we were pretty good pretty good matchups for each other on our uh, debuts Wow. Yeah. I did not know that he was a <laughs> Connecticut state champ for wrestling. Oh, oh yeah. I think he finished the state finals with his nose broken. So Jeez. I uh, knew that going out. Like, this dude, he, I'm gonna he's have a tough to... kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So let, let's actually, I know we discussed this before, but I want the listeners to know too, like the age difference. And I think that's kind of uh honestly, something to highlight is that you were 20 years old going into this fight and he was 20. Either, yeah. He was either five or six years older than you. Yeah, I think he was 25 um, at the time. So 25. Uh, yeah, five-year age difference. And do you know how long that he had been doing MMA? Yeah, I'm not sure how long he'd been doing MMA. Um, I know he'd been wrestling. Your mouse. Um, I know he'd been wrestling for a while. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much striking or whatever he had going into it. Um, but coming out of it, he's definitely trained a little bit. 
So wait, was your camp surrounded about around him as a fighter or was it just about like training and, you know, so it up? being his first fight as well, we didn't really know what he had to offer. Um, mm. So we, we know where the Jimmy comes from. We know we had a wrestling background. Um, we didn't super really even know what his stance was. Um, so we were just drilling a couple of things we thought were possibilities, him being a wrestler, him coming from the camp he came from. But yeah, so we were focused around him. But again, it's an amateur fight. It's our first fights. Um, so it's just a lot of it was just getting in shape and uh, just working the game I have to work uh, before yeah. catering the game to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, okay, so then you're in there. <laughs> what yeah. is the adrenaline like just being Dude, in there? It was so stupid. Talk My, about uh, the atmosphere, everything. Oh, it was insane. So it was the loudest I've ever heard that place ever. Like I've walked out with people for their own fights and I've been able to hear like the music from the speakers, the walkout song. I walked out. I did not hear my walkout song at all. All my friends were screaming. And I was talking to Liam earlier. I think the reason why I made as much noise as I did is because we had a bunch of guys from our gym fighting. I was the last one to get my fight confirmed. I was the last one to get my tickets. So everybody from the gym had already bought tickets. I sold, I think, just under, just over 100 tickets. And I sold three from uh, the gym I train at. So everybody else was my friends and family who were there primarily for me. And then all the guys from the gym were supporting me as well. Um, so I made a ton of noise. It was stupid. My friend, earlier in the day, he sent me a Snapchat of the sign he was going to bring. It said, Dan Walsh is my wife's boyfriend. And I was laughing the entire day just because it's, it's like, it's stupid. They made cutouts of my, uh, my face, um, like just dumb pictures growing up. Yeah. You want to say uh, your nickname? Yeah. My nickname's only dance <laughs> as in uh, a parody of a popular website among uh, some, some people. Um, but yeah, so like that was the energy. Then I had my friend holding the Dan is my wife's boyfriend uh, sign. And so I was walking out. And I was like tunnel vision all the way up until I get to the cage. And I look up and I see that sign immediately. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like <laughs> <laughs> losing it. And uh, so I'm like, put my hands up, getting the crowd kind of into it. My other friends are sitting in another section. I point to them. And then I'm like, hey, man, like you have a fight. You should probably calm down. And so I go to calm down. And uh, this is when the ring announcer is like, like, calm down, focus, get locked in for a fist fight. And then uh, yeah. the ring announcer is making his um announcements and he goes dan only dan's walsh i start <laughs> laughing because it's fucking so stupid <laughs> the day before at uh like weigh-ins they were asking my coach like hey like dan have a nickname and i was like no nah, but like you can pick it uh to like the guy writing nicknames and he was like no I'll let joe pick it my coach and joe's like yeah let's pick only dan's so i'm like just so stupid and he says it as i'm like getting serious so i start laughing again have to like calm myself down and in the back of my head i was like dude if you lose this fight because you're laughing at your nickname this is going to be the worst darwin award in history <laughs> um but yeah so no finally got locked into the fight um had my hand on the back of the cage he had i think his hand on the back of the cage or was also like close to the back of the cage and the dudes um, who were closing the doors were taking forever. I was just staring this dude down. He was staring me down. And then, um, yeah, I mean, flashing back again to the weigh-ins, I told him, I was like, hey, we're not touching hands. We're just going to go out there and fight. Because my wrestling coach, he's like, touching hands, 
It's for after the fight. Touching hands is not for the time. We all, an amateur, you only have three minutes. Pros have five. Yeah. So it's like that's a couple five seconds you'll uh, given up. You might be giving up some uh, distance, especially in a small cage like the cage I fought in. Yeah. You don't want to give up too much distance. So um, a cage hit. And then I was like, all right, we got to fight. Just sprinted at him, started throwing punches at him. And uh, w- yeah, we had a pretty good back and forth. Wait, so the it was, uh, was it three three minute rounds? Three three minute rounds. That's what it was scheduled for. I finished it in the second. But oh, uh, okay. So uh, how did the fir- how was the first round? You think when did? Yeah. I mean, did the adrenaline calm down a bit after like a minute or two, or like what was what was going on? No, I I did a really good job, and I've always done a really good job. Like throughout my time in wrestling, my type in grappling, my adrenaline always stays at a high level, but it's level. It's not crashing up and down. And you'll see in fights and stuff, people's adrenaline will crash, and obviously they get wicked tired. And, um stuff like that and i'm sure it's probably been my exposure my emt stuff practice getting like high adrenaline situations i'm um, just another way to practice dealing with that um uh, but my adrenaline stayed pretty constant all the way out um i think in the first round it was probably a minute in i accidentally need him in the uh, groin so the ref stopped the fight um just to like let him re uh, readjust and whatever um but I maintain my adrenaline like the same level all the way through that. We got back out. We went right back at it. Very high pace for the first round. And then, uh, yeah, it was a really good back and forth. I think I probably got the better of them. I hadn't seen what the judges' scorecards were. But um, we had a really good pace, um, mixing it up pretty well. It stayed standing uh, for the entirety of the first round. But, um, yeah, good pace. Adrenaline stayed where we needed it to stay. I was going to ask this too, like before the fight, when you're like in the crowd hyped up. Yeah. I mean, did you, um, cause sometimes when people get really high adrenaline, they kind of like feel like dissociated a bit. So they feel like they're kind of like out of like their body a bit or kind of yeah. just going with whatever's going. Uh, did it feel like that for you or did you like, you recognized, uh, like where you were, what you had to do? Yeah. Kind of a complicated question, but. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, whatever the opposite of dissociated is, is what I was. Like, that was the most me I've ever felt. Well, that's perfect. Um, yeah, no, it's, again, exactly what we needed to happen. Um, yeah, most me I've ever felt. And um, I think <laughs> the best way I could describe it, what what the feeling was, because there's definitely a feeling switch. Um, when I the bell clicked, it felt like a video game, for real. Maybe that is your dissociation, or what you're talking about when dissociation, but yeah it, uh, yeah felt like playing a video game honestly every time i got hit in the head i was thinking of the call of duty uh like hit marker noises <laughs> like from black ops 2 yeah. i remember distinctly having that thought in the middle of the first round That's I'm like really dude funny. stop thinking about video games let's like we gotta fight but i was like this feels exactly like a black, black ops 2 hit marker oh, that's that's really funny actually to hear <laughs> yeah no, to take it like that. Oh, dude, it was so. And I had that thought in the fight. I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" But uh, yeah, no, I think that was the best. It felt like a video game. Um, just because like you hear the crowd making the noise, like the punches. Every time I landed solidly, you feel like a thud. Yeah. And uh, like that's the hardest I've ever tried to punch anyone ever. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's definitely a novel experience. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, and then all right, the the second round then uh what what changed if anything nothing um so going back to the corner um again still maintains my adrenaline level pretty much throughout which is obviously beneficial but going to the round i thought i won the round so i went back to my corner I was like hey we won that round right 
And they're like, yeah, you won the round. Uh, we just want to see you do this, this, and this, make some small adjustments. But felt good. Second round came, sprinted right at him again. Um, started landing pretty heavy punches. I hit him with a good knee. Uh, and then I had a, like a collar tie, um, which is basically for those who don't know, my hand was around his neck, like pulling him down, throwing an uppercut to the face, um, through like an overhand, right. Just like a very sloppy right hand, um, which landed. And then, uh, he took me down, had me on my back and he's a strong, powerful kid, really good wrestler, really good pressure from top. Um, he was hitting me with some good punches and, uh, I could tell they were, they hit hard. Um, I wasn't concussed or anything. Um, but I knew they were hitting hard and I knew the ref was probably going to stop it just because it looked bad. Um, so in the middle of that, I was on my back. He was standing, um, uh, basically where my feet were and, I uh, grabbed one of his ankles, pushed one of his hips with my, uh, leg, toppled him over. He tried to reshoot on me. I sprawled, basically put my hips to his head, took his back, started punching him. Then he turned to his back. And then I uh, just kept punching him until the ref pushed me off. So that's how the uh, second round went. Yeah, no, that is just insane. Even though I knew the outcome too, watching yeah. it on YouTube, when yeah. you got, I forget what the move is called, but when you uh, when you kind of like swept him off his feet. Yeah, delegate uh, the tripod. Deli- yeah, yeah, that's it. When you did that, I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, dude, it was crazy. Because it seemed this- like uh, that was like probably like the most dangerous position you might have been in in like the whole fight. Um, oh yeah like just on the ground and like he was uh looked like he had like control and everything like or mo- the most control that he had like the whole fight then when yeah, you got no, that, that was his like, best moment yeah that was a huge momentum change i thought and, yeah uh, yeah just sick how it just freaking freaking started to end from there uh this uh no, you're not gonna think this is true but the scariest moment of the fight is when i was punching him um when i like his back was to the mat i was on his um like hips uh chest area and just punching him down because i was punching him a lot right i was throwing really hard in every punch and like a second or two before the ref stopped i started feeling a little bit of fatigue set in where i knew if i had to punch this dude for 15 more seconds i was not going to have any more punches left to give so that was the scariest moment of the fight followed by the best moment of my entire life wow yeah no i'm I'm actually sure that that's probably really like it's kind of like almost like having some guy in like what you think is like a good like headlock or something and yeah he's not tapping yet and you're like oh oh shit like yeah. I gotta keep I have to put more pressure now or something yeah uh, I, was, I was like I can't fight this with two pool noodles for arms for the rest <laughs> of the fight so it was getting a little scary and then it pushed me off and uh, yeah, I think it was insane. a good, pretty good stoppage and then uh, yeah I mean talk about that what what like. The immediate feeling, uh, did it set in right away that you just had won? Everything was, you know, I, I don't know. Did it feel like a dream? Dude, the, ha- the hairs are standing up on my uh, arm right now just thinking yeah, about thinking it. About but, it. Uh, yeah, wow. It set, uh, set in in two waves. Obviously, when he pushed me off immediately, he seen me, like, go grab the cage, shake the cage, go to the cameraman, like, scream in his face. <laughs> and I'm just like, let's go. We won. And then uh, we were talking about this earlier, but as I'm going back to my corner, not the ref, but one of the commission guys was there, um, like in the cage after the fight was stopped. I go to like dab him up because I'm just hyped up. And he's like, dude, stop. Like you're bloody, like get away from me. And then, uh, so I'm like sitting in my corner just thinking. And then like all the memories of just like training all the time, like flood back to me and like starting this journey as I did, like a 16 year old kid at 130 pounds. 
and yeah, it was just like dude so everything sweet. we sacrificed to do we made it we made it and then i collapsed to the ground and if my boxing my boxing coach is boxing coach who was in the ring like doing cut work and stuff if he didn't pull me up within five seconds of when he did i would have been bawling my eyes out oh, before yeah. uh before my hand got raised i ended up crying as soon as i walked out of the cage but yeah wow yeah no that uh, is just insane like uh yeah that feeling like, like i took to it pretty something. seriously yeah. yeah no i took it pretty seriously early on like probably serious more serious than i should have from the time i took it serious and uh like to sacrifice all the times with friends all like whatever yeah even time um, to in, do what right, I, time in college and stuff yeah 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 um it was just like dude it was all worth it oh and, yeah uh, again yeah, it was just, again. I said it earlier, but it was the uh, the end of this end of all the work I'd put in the start of like a new chapter almost. So yeah, I mean that that feeling has got to be something that only a small percent of people ever feel in their lifetime. I can't imagine, you know, five years of insanely hard work leading up to this like one event, and then just knowing that you won. And once that like really sets in, it's like holy shit. I've just been doing this for so long, so much time, so much sacrifice. And yeah. I, I finally did it and I, it all paid off. That's like, that is crazy. It was cool. It was, real cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I'd do it again. I'd do it again. <laughs> uh, so then just real quick then, talk, talk about after the fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, like my, my life's a joke. Like crazy stuff happens all the time from like the sign or whatever. But, uh, so what happened? I go to get checked out by the doctor, get checked, uh, do my interviews, and I'm like bawling my eyes out because it like really set in that I won. Um, do my interviews, held it together for the interviews, then I go back to the locker room and I'm still crying. And then uh, I finally calmed down, collected myself, went down to the lobby where all my friends and my dad and um, stuff where I go give the biggest hug of my life uh, to my dad and go yeah. see all my friends, take a couple pictures. And um, then <laughs> I, I was changed at this point. I go out as like, we're in the lobby outside the lobby. I see an ice cream truck and I'm like, well, you gotta <laughs> get an ice cream, ice cream sandwich. So I walk over to the ice cream sandwich and my best friend's dad is talking to the uh, ice cream truck worker. And he's like, this kid just won his first fight. And she like gives me the ice cream cone for free or the ice cream oh, sandwich for free. I'm eating. I got a picture with her. And then uh, we went back to my friend's uh, Cape House, uh, my friend's cousin's Cape House. And uh, they made me like chocolate chip pancakes because I was going to go to McDonald's. Oh, nice. And they're like, no, like you're not driving. Like you're going to have these chocolate chip pancakes right here. And so I'm eating chocolate chip pancakes. And uh, they had all the signs that they brought, all the cutouts on my face. I'm just losing it the entire time. But yeah, that is that is crazy. Um... It's so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> and then like this is my first fight after uh the first fight for the next event they use my picture as the poster i'll show liam this is going to make for really bad audio but it's what it is <laughs> someone uh grabs for the next event they grab the poster off of the uh sign outside and for those at home just trying to figure out this sign's probably six foot oh, by yeah. four foot three foot by five foot and it's just my stupid, stupid self punching uh, this kid in the chest. That um, is insane. But yeah, so like that's, again, just a bunch of like crazy bullshit happens. But 
it was uh it was cool yeah and that was for the next uh fight that they had at that place right or the next uh, yeah like fight. six weeks or whatever after my fight wow um, yeah but yeah stupid stupid as always <laughs> <laughs> and then uh did you take off training for a couple weeks after that i'm sure probably right or were you right yeah. back to it um so i definitely took a week off like we'll go to the gym just because i worked there and like would do my work things um but wasn't really training took some time hung out with friends family went to play a couple rounds of golf um had a lot more ice cream um got a little little thick um and then like my nose <laughs> a little thick i probably yeah a little <laughs> thick um i went back probably a couple days too early um to training and um messed like I didn't break my nose, but it's bruised from the fight. And uh, it wasn't even that bad when I went back to training, but it just like kept getting hit training, kept getting worse and worse. So I had to take like another week off um, after training a couple days coming back. So yeah, was, I mean, was it like a deviated septum or anything or no? No, not at all. Just oh, bruised okay. bone. Oh, um, yeah, gotcha. But I probably should have waited a couple more days, uh, but I was just kind of anxious to get back to training. Um, so yeah. And that, that nose has bothered me for a while, but now it's 100%. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, took some time off, got fat and happy. Next fight, I'm not taking as much time <laughs> off, granted. Well, I don't know. Yes and no, but definitely not going to eat as much as I did because I was – I so for all fight camp, I was cutting weight. The, the drive back from the gym, I passed Burger King every single time. Oh, and man. I was – so I was like, all right, well, now we've earned it. So every single time I went home, I <laughs> yeah, got Burger got, King. Got Burger King. Yeah, went to eye off a couple of times um, and was eating stuff just because I thought it was funny to eat all the stuff that I was eating. <laughs> and uh, so next time, that was an amateur mistake. And uh, we'll learn for the next fight. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, the last question then is like, you know, how do you feel now after doing that? And how do you feel going into the next fight that you just alluded to that is probably coming up sometime soon? Yeah. So um, we don't know exact date yet. Um, we don't know an opponent. Or we know the date. We don't know if we're going to get an opponent for that fight. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of still doing my thing, still training. Um, felt good to, again, kind of work, accomplish what I've been working towards for a while. Um, but I'm still hungry. I, I want to get um more fights i want to turn pro at some point hopefully at one point um go to some bigger organizations we'll see um love the organization i'm fighting for right now but to make it to the high level as a sport would be really cool yeah um, ufc only dance so yeah yeah ufc only dance um <laughs> but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens still train still enjoying it able to uh balance pretty well my work life school life and uh training life so, um, yeah, I keep training, um, feeling pretty good and, uh, just making small improvements every day. So uh, that's, that's all I can do. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole story is just incredible though, too, to be honest. I mean, walking through the whole thing, <laughs> thank God you won, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm kidding. Move to Kansas, change my name, <laughs> get a face tattoo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, oh, that, that is so sweet though. It was fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for talking me through that whole thing too. I was, I was extremely interested in the mental aspect because I feel like not everyone can do this, uh, or at least, um, I don't know, or 
at least it's harder for some people than it is for others. And I really wanted to get into like, you know, what is the mindset of a fighter before getting closer to the fight, the actual fight, and then obviously after too. Uh, that's all yeah. really interesting. If I had to summarize in a couple words, um, it would just do what you can do in whatever, in life, in school, and whatever. I think that helps a lot because um, by the time a big event, big presentation, big fight comes around, like you've done all the work you can do. And that, I mean, that's all you can do. Like who, I, who knows if I'm going to be able to get to the UFC. I definitely couldn't play in the NFL. I definitely couldn't play in the NBA. That's stuff I can't control. Uh, but I can control doing all my schoolwork, showing up to work and all that thing. So I think, I think my biggest advice to everybody is just do what you can and do what you want to do. Right. Like not everybody wants to do this. I wouldn't want to play in the NFL. Those guys are way too big. And uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just find find things to get better at. There's always things to get better at. So yeah, I think those, yeah. those would be my biggest advices and m- m- the lessons I've learned from this sport, wrestling and jujitsu and all of that have carried on over into all my other aspects of life. And I wouldn't be who I am today without without this sport and without sports like it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Is that uh, people can get similar achievements really uh, or fulfillment from things that they want to do. And that's yeah, uh, no, it doesn't have really to be fighting, advice. it doesn't have to be schoolwork, it doesn't have to be real work. It's whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, try to be the best you can at that. Not be the best, be the best you can be. Yeah, no, so, I, I really love that advice. That's really good. But yeah, uh yeah. yeah, thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for walking Thank you. with us. Perfect. More information about this podcast or some of life in general can be found on Instagram at some of life official or on Twitter at some of life tweets. And also, please don't forget to give this show a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you did enjoy it. Again, it helps the show tremendously. And the show really is sponsored by you guys. And that is probably the easiest way to help. And for full information on some of life, you can go to someoflife.org. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening and continuing to listen as we continue to grow. And I will talk to you guys very soon. I'll see you.